It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 284. I think it's 284 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, February 27th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You, of course, can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On uh, Podcast Network as well. Uh, 30 NBA shows uh, with team-focused uh, local experts diving into all the local stories for all 30 NBA teams. Make sure you're checking them out. Find a host that you like. Find a show you like. Uh, subscribe to it separately. Rate, review it, all that good stuff. Locked on NBA is also daily now, and if you like some of the hosts from the Locked on Network, you're going to hear them on there. Uh, Wes Goldberg and Dave Ramil from Locked on Heat are hosting the Tuesday show. They did a podcast today. Josh Lloyd is hosting as well. Uh, I was actually on Monday's episode of Locked on NBA with Josh, so make sure you check that out. Anthony Irwin and uh, Adam Marez are hosting a podcast as well on Fridays. It's great. There's daily content on the national perspective side of things as well, so make sure you're checking out Locked on NBA. And make sure you find Locked on Raptors on iTunes and leave a rating, leave a review. Uh, do all the things I've asked you to do a million times. It's very helpful. It makes us more popular, helps to grow the listenership out, and uh, stroke my ego and all that fun stuff. All right, on today's show, it's a mailbag podcast. Uh, we're doing this a little bit late at night, so sorry there wasn't actually like a Tuesday podcast in spirit, but uh, I'll have one on Wednesday as well, probably recapping the Magic game. Um, just a late night kind of week, man. And to join me late at night, uh, it's Sahal Abdi. How's it going, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm super excited for this. I am, I won't lie to you, I am exhausted. It's been a long day, but I'm ready to get into these questions. I, too, am very much dead, so uh, this should be good and weird. Um, we got a bunch of questions, so we'll just get into them now so we can go to bed at a reasonable hour. Uh, first question here comes from Marcos at Nescretti. I hope I got that right. Is Jakob Pertl gaining the referee's respect? He's no longer on the pace to the, in the NBA record books right now. Fouls committed. That's not a proper grammatical sentence, but I'll let it pass because it's Twitter and who cares. Uh, is Jakob Pertl gaining the referee's respect? I mean, um, if anybody watched the Pistons game where he just... Uh, it seems like every time Andre Drummond faces the Raptors, he gets his soul taken by someone. It's usually JV, but I guess Jakob Pertl... I just guess I guess the pat the torch was just passed on today or sorry yesterday but um is he gaining ref- the referee's respect uh can't really say he's still in his second year Yakupurl still a pretty young big young bigs usually don't get respect on either uh the offensive end or defensive end so I can't really say um you honestly to gain the referee's respect you really have to be a star um there's no, it's, it's a very fine line between being a star and being everybody else. Um, so uh, I'm probably going to say no, but Jakob Pertl's a goddamn G, so. Yeah, that yeah. dunk last night on uh, Andre Drummond. Poor Andre Drummond. He has a nice game against Jonas and then gets yammed on by Yak. It's uh, it's pretty pretty beautiful. Something uh, always happens to that guy, man. James, <laughs> John- James Johnson 
not only banged on him in a Toronto uniform, but I don't know if you guys saw the Miami Heat when uh, was it a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. Goodness gracious, James Johnson does not like that guy. Yeah, uh, Jakob Pertl last season averaged 6.5 fouls per 36 minutes. Uh, this season okay. is down to a nice and tidy 5.3, so... I guess there's improvement there that he's making. Uh, so congrats to, to Yak for finally becoming an NBA veteran player who refs respect, <laughs> sort of, although not really. Uh, <laughs> I think there's another Yak question coming up later, but we'll uh, get to that when we come to it. Uh, next question here from Josh at Sergio Dip with three D or three Ps. Um, what would you need to see out of Cleveland to say Toronto is the favorite in the Eastern Conference? Cleveland beat the uh, the juggernaut that is the Brooklyn Nets tonight by six points, 129-123. It's been a little less smooth and good timesy since the All-Star break for the Cavs. Well, what about you, Sahal? Like, are you, I've, I'm of the mind that the Cavs are still the favorite just because LeBron is LeBron, and I'm not going to bet against LeBron until it's too late to, to you know, short yeah. that. But, uh, no, no, no. What, what do you need to see out of Cleveland for the rest of the season to go into a playoff series thinking the Raptors could beat the Cavs? Is it, is, is it as simple as LeBron needs to get hurt for you to think that? <laughs> Sean, honestly, and this is this seems like the cop-out answer, but the real question should be what, what do we not need to see out of Cleveland? And it's, the, and it's LeBron James. Like, he needs to be kidnapped. I don't know what. He just needs to not be on the court. And, and uh, no matter what, when you have LeBron and what we've seen in the last decade or so from that guy, um, you put him against the Toronto Raptors or really any Eastern Conference team in the playoffs, he's proven to us that he doesn't lose um, even when teams, uh, I think it was the Atlanta Hawks a few years ago, had a wicked season. Uh, Damari Carroll, Al Horford, the whole game, Paul Millsap, Jeff Teague, um, a great regular season. I'm um, pretty sure they, they broke some, some small records themselves, obviously franchise records, and then they come and LeBron presents them. So, <laughs> I mean, LeBron is, is one of the greatest players ever. Um, I know it seems like a cop-out answer, but um, LeBron, as long as he's there, Toronto should not be a favorite in a playoff series. I mean, I guess we can hope, we can pray, but um, as long as LeBron's there, he will save the day. See what I did there? <laughs> I uh, I did. I'm not sure if I'm happy about it or not yet. It's uh, TBD, oh, okay. but... Uh, glad that you busted it out at this hour. Uh, this is what you get when both of us are exhausted recording a podcast. So, uh, <laughs> that was so bad. <laughs> it's so early. We might even get more. Uh, maybe you'll just do a full-on haiku at some point. I'm pretty excited oh, for I, it. Um, yeah, like, so. <laughs> in all seriousness, uh, like, I don't think it's quite the sort of wash that you would think it would have been last season or even at the start of this year. Like, I think the Raptors have kind of closed the gap on the Cavs to the point where you could actually say, like, yeah, this could be a competitive series, and if things go right, I mean, I would kind of liken it maybe to the second Warriors-Cavs final where, like, the the Cavs and Warriors are both at their very peaks. They're obviously Kevin Durant's not on that Warriors team, so they're a little bit less in terms of overall talent. Uh, but that Cavs team was very, very good, and LeBron was at his absolute best, and so was Kyrie. And I think, like... That if like something weird happens, but something like it only takes one weird thing 
to kind of change the course of a potential series between these two teams. I don't think the the gap is so huge that like you need a, just like a like a sequence of a million random things happening. I think like one crazy sort of swing in a series, whether it's an injury to Kevin Love or something like that. Like I think that could potentially sway it, as opposed to the the just the enormous rift that used to exist between these two teams. So that, I would say that um, it's not like uh, just go to sleep and wake me up in seven days when the series over kind of thing. I think it, it could go kind of deep, and there's a non insignificant chance non insignificant chance. That the Raptors could do something and make some noise in that series. Um, let's move on to the next question. This is a, a question that I totally misinterpreted. It inter- currently is uh, being hashed out in my mentions right now between our friends uh, Francis Adu Jr. and uh, Hugo Catano. Uh, Francis asks, best current starting five using only players with the same initials for the first and last name. Uh, I totally misinterpreted this wow. question. The way he asked it, the spirit of the question was the like, the entire starting five has to have guys who have alliterative names. So uh, the example that Hugo threw out there included both DeMar DeRozan and Ricky Rubio and Markeith Morris, for example. Uh, I went a completely different way and went with guys who have the same first and second initials across the entire uh, lineup. So, for example, Malik Beasley, Mike Beasley, Marco Bellinelli, Malcolm Brogdon and Markel Brown oh, no. is one I came up with. Uh, I did too much research into the question, and it was not even the way the question was asked. So um, I I don't know if we can dive into it. My answer ended up being James Harden, Drew Holiday, Joe Harris, Josh Harden, John Henson, with Justin Holiday and Juan Hernan Gomez on the bench. But uh, that, we don't need to go too, too deep into that. But I appreciate the question from Francis. Do you have one off the top of the dome? I can't imagine you do. It took me way too long to come up with this list. Um, I really, all I can think of is DeMar DeRozan and Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, other than that, goodness, I'd probably be, yeah, Ricky Rubio, like they said. Um, just off the head. That's that's about all I can get off the top. Man. <laughs> um, I'm guessing you can't do the way can't do it the way I did it with the differing first and last initials. Uh, no, I interpreted yeah. it the other way, like Hugo, Hugo, and uh, yeah, and this did uh, Mark Keith Morris, Marcus Morris, Tristan Thompson. I guess you could say yeah, Al Farouk Aminu, that could work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm a dumb what idiot. What I totally a, misread the question. Uh, By the way, uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was about to say, what about our boy Patrick Patterson? Oh, <laughs> Patrick Patterson, yeah. He's certainly uh, alive still, I think. Um, James Johnson. Yeah, J- James Johnson, I threw him out there. For what it's worth, uh, in, in my fantasy land of the, the the way I perceive the question, the, the winning starting five would actually be Kyle Lowry, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Love, and Kevon Looney. If only there was one other player to sl- slide in there. Um, like it doesn't matter with Kevon Looney because you have Kevin Love, Kawhi Leonard, and Kyle Lowry on the floor. Um, yeah. I, I cheated and said Karis Levert and just changed the C to a K because why not? It's my dumb game and I didn't even get the question right. So um, either way, let's move on to something a little more uh, podcast friendly. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Uh, This one's from Beer? Beer at C. Mundy. If the Raps can't pare down their rotation before the playoffs, do you prefer pizza pops from the microwave or the oven? Um, <laughs> oh, wow. This became a pizza pops question, which Funny I'm fine because, with. Uh, I, was at, I was at Costco uh, a few days ago, and I bought myself four boxes of pizza pops. So... Um, it's funny we're getting that question, man. Well, you, you know the, the reason for it, right? The guy who invented um, Pizza Pops died today. He passed away, right? Yeah, yeah. I, heard, I heard that earlier today. He passed away. Yeah. Um, rest in peace to him, man. What a great invention. Yeah, Paul Ferracci. He was from Winnipeg. He was 89 years old. Uh, and also, Pizza Pops suck ass. Pizza, wow. McCain Pizza Pockets are where it's at. Pizza Pops are... Like synthetic gloop that they are. They yeah, okay. I've probably burned my hands eating a pizza pop more than any other thing ever because Definitely. the stuff just falls out of the bottom. They don't like they make it look like it's all seamed together. Like uh, I don't know what you would say it is something like a what the hell's the food I'm thinking of? I'm an idiot. What the hell's it called? Uh, oh, an arepa. It's if it, 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 you make it seem like the, like it's like uh, yeah. like it's seemed together like that, but it's not. It's not an arepa. You're an idiot, Sean. What the hell's the goddamn one? Oh, Jesus! I sound like a moron right now. Uh, uh, come on, you know what it is? No, the, I don't. Oh, it's like the it's like the South American version of a pierogi or a uh, No, uh, oh God. Uh, this is bad. Uh, I'm searching Peruvian pierogies because I'm a disaster. Um, <laughs> oh, God, what the hell is it called? This is really bothering me. It's got a, it starts with an A. I might have to edit this out. I know it starts with an A. Um, uh, Arepa's like a bun. Oh, this is annoying. This is... Uh, South American dumpling thing. This is bad podcasting. Uh This is. I'm gonna have to edit this out because this is just so bad. But I need to know what the fuck it is. (laughs) (laughs) You seriously don't know what I'm talking about? No, because you said it starts with an A, and I'm trying to think, and it's not hitting me. Uh, Maybe it doesn't start with an A. It's like the South American edition of a pierogi or like a dumpling or a samosa or something like that or like a or like a patty. Empanadas. Empanada. That's it. God, it starts with an E. You stupid idiot, Sean. Uh, Empanadas. <laughs> yes. Empanadas. God, I'm so dumb. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So Pizza Pops look like empanadas in that they seem like they're intricately woven together on the seams so as to not burst apart but they do not they they're just like two separate pieces of crappy plastic dough that slide apart pizza pockets on the other hand i purchased them tonight at the store because i uh apparently wanted to make an affront towards the inventor of pizza pops um they don't leak they are they have like actual like real pepperonis as opposed to just like the sludge that's inside of a pizza pop 
You can't tell me that you actually think a pizza pop is better than a pizza pop. You know what, Sean? Um, pizza pops, let me tell you something. I'm that one uh, really dumb guy who hasn't had something in a really long time. I buy it, I like it, and then I'll buy three boxes of it and completely regret it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm currently, I think, two pizza pops in. I just opened a new box. Um, I, I see all these pizza pops in my freezer. I probably don't know what I'm going to do with them. Um, but, you know, pizza pockets are amazing. Last time I had them, they were were incredible so yeah i'd probably have to fly toward the pizza pocket uh, side pizza pops uh the picture that's used on like the story of it, it is absolutely disgusting looking um yeah. makes me want to th- just chunder all over the place um and uh yeah no the pizza pocket do you, are you an oven or microwave guy oh i'm a microwave guy i, yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm really impatient i don't have time for that so. shit man yeah <laughs> Uh, anyway, glad uh, we could get that out of the way and also uh, expose my dumbassery and not being able to say the word empanada off the top of my head. Empanada. I don't know why I had arepa in my head. I don't, I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah. Well, arepas are good too. But uh, Next question here from Joel Wolfon. This is a weird-ass question. Given a recent discovery that Mozart descended from a lineage of Pirtles... Which famed Austrian do you think was the better composer, Wolfgang Amadeus of music or Jakob Pertl of team defense? Uh... <laughs> and you can a little Wolfgang Amadeus was born on January 27th. Yeah. His so, mom, uh, uh, yeah. Mozart's uh, mom's maiden name is Pertl. But slightly no different spelling. Obviously, it's evolved, but um, yeah. I think with Jakob, because um, Wolfgang Amadeus, if I'm saying that correctly, I hope I didn't butcher it. I've heard that probably once or twice in my life, but if someone came up to me and said, uh, who asked me who Wolfgang Amadeus is, I'd have absolutely no clue what they were talking about. So I'm going to go <laughs> Jakob by default. I mean, you would notice, I would say more culturally relevant in our uh, in our day and age is Jakob Pertl's team defense as opposed to Mozart's music. That could be an ignorant take. And I apologize to the classical music listeners out there, but uh, Jakob Pertl does make beautiful music with his defensive rotations, I, I gotta say. Uh, next question here from Josh at Sergio Dip once again. Is DeMar DeRozan your favorite Toronto athlete of all time? His story is making him very close to passing Matt Sundin for, for Josh. Uh, where, where are you at, Sahal? Well, to be honest, favorite Toronto athlete of all time. Hmm. Honestly, probably Kyle Lowry, just because I was a huge fan of his before he even came to the Raptors. Right. Um, I loved Roy Holiday on the Blue Jays. Absolutely loved that guy. One of the most professional guys ever. Um, uh, probably Jose Bautista. I, for me, I really like, uh, like I value uh, cockiness in players. And uh, that bat swing is something I'm probably going to remember for the rest of my life. So uh, I'd probably put those two, those three in my top three with no uh, real order, but Kyle Lowry, Roy Holiday, and Jose Bautista. Yeah, uh, I think DeMar is there for me. He's like, yeah, right, he's yeah. like, he's like 1A, 1B, something like that. I really like uh, Just because, yeah. like, the, the homegrown aspect, I think, as much as I think Kyle's probably a better player, I think DeMar, in terms of his, like, arc with the Raptors is 
a lot more compelling and also just a lot more endearing to the Toronto fan base and to me. And Definitely. like the the stuff this season with him coming out, like the this the the post in the Toronto Star with uh, Doug Smith, just him kind of opening up about his depression and the like the million things he's going through this season. That's been really uh, it's nice to get a guy opening up like that. And the fact that he's signed back in Toronto like two times now. Uh, or was it one time? It was two times. Uh, he got extended, I guess, in the original time. But it's either way, like to stay in Toronto over the course of the summer, with, uh, two summers ago, without like ever having inc- an inclination to leave, and just like the "I got us" tweet, all that stuff. I uh, Demar's right there again. Jose Bautista, Roy Halladay, I'm with you as well. Those guys are. Uh, Roy Halladay's like the reason I'm a Blue Jays fan today because he was the only thing the team had for ten years, and uh, I, I actually the the one time. I've cried like two times in the last year, or maybe three times. One was watching Tessa and Scott's final skate. Uh, that hit me right in the gut. Uh, wow. And then finding out Roy Halladay died was uh, was really rough. That sucked a lot. And yeah. it uh, opened up a lot of sort of memories of, of Roy Halladay and kind of him being the face of the team that sucked for 10 years, but I still loved him anyway because he was such a compelling guy to watch pitch. And then, yeah, Jose Bautista... He has, like, the most, I think, obvious moment, like, with the bat flip of any of these guys. Um, yeah. And, like, again, kind of a thing where he was really good at a time when the team was not very good. It kind of came out of nowhere. Very cool arc for him as well. So, like, those three are kind of tied. Underneath them would be, like, Carlos Delgado, who was a little younger for me, but, like, I still loved him. Uh, and then, like, Kyle Lowry, obviously, Vince Carter even, and then... Probably, like, Gary Roberts, if I'm going, like, deep cut Leaf, so he wasn't really a deep cut. He was very good at those teams. But Gary Roberts is in there, Curtis Joseph. But uh, the Leaf guys, I think, have fallen down the power rankings over the last five years or so. Which uh, You know, one thing that um, that really makes me value Jose Bautista more than uh, other guys is the fact that, in terms of other Toronto athletes, is the fact that when you just look at Toronto sports teams, um, we usually get those really professional, nice guys as our as our best players. Yeah. Roy Halpay, DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry, guys that aren't really like hated and uh, you know picked on by by other. But Jose Bautista was different, man. That guy, every team not named Blue Jays hated that guy, and that made us love him more. Um, especially near the end of his uh, near the ending part of his career, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's so much great memories with Jose Bautista, man. So, so many great memories. So. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out, man. That guy's incredible. That dude is responsible for me hating, uh, with like every fiber of my being, three professional sports teams. Like the Orioles, <laughs> the Rangers, and the Royals. The Rangers, like, yeah. yeah, the Royals. Yeah. Jose's fingerprints are all over me hating the hell out of those teams. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Also, the, the two home runs Jose hit in Game 6 against the Royals are very slept on in terms of his moments because they lost that game. But holy crap, those were mm-hmm. unbelievable. Um, that guy was so much, man. I think Jose is number one for me, but uh, you could argue any one of these guys. And, and DeMar, if he continues at this rate and they continue this success, I mean, he's going to be right there as well. Um, he just uh, There's no way to bat flip in, in basketball. Maybe he just has to dunk on someone really hard in the playoffs. Uh, That's it. Yeah, but I don't know. We'll see. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. 
Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, next question here from those guys underscore TG. Uh, he's got a few questions here. Has CJ Miles already passed Amari Carroll in regards to what he's done for this team? Yes. <laughs> I answer that book too quickly. Um, yeah, he has. Um, for me, he has. I think Damari Carroll, and this isn't a shot at Damari Carroll or anything like that, but um, he was injured. He wasn't really uh, 100% in his time with Toronto. Um, CJ Miles hasn't really had an incredible, you could say, impact with the Raptors this season. He's been good, he's been steady off the bench. Um, they've missed him time to time in terms of uh, things to personal things that were going on with him. But um, Demar Kill never really had uh, a moment where you looked and you were like, "Wow, you know, like this is this is going to be sustainable with this guy." Mm. Uh, CJ Miles is a guy I think we can keep. I think he's on a three-year contract, if I'm not mistaken. I think um, in terms of just his shooting prowess, he's easily one of the best shooters in the NBA. Um, and I still think he's he's due for for getting really hot, and I hope that kind of happens in the playoff. But um, to get back to the question, yeah, I think 100% CJ Miles has already passed uh, Carroll's impact. Um, I think even when Carroll was 100% healthy, he wasn't even it wasn't all that great. So that's what I'm gonna leave it at. CJ Miles in 49 games as a Raptor is at 119 threes. Damari Carroll in uh, 70, bu, 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 uh, how many, 94, 98 games with the Raptors, he hit 155, so that's going down real quick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, CJ Miles at 496 career points with the Raptors, uh, Damari Carroll had uh, 924, so like kind of the same per game pace, but I mean, we know which... What what points are far more impactful and meaningful? Uh, yeah. yeah, I would and agree. The fact that I was getting paid uh, fifteen million, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think getting nine. So I would yeah. agree. Uh, next question. I'm gonna skip the second one just because it's about trades, and I don't really care. I read about trades at this point. Any chance you see Norman Powell starting over OG to close the season just to get some rhythm? I don't think so, because I think, like, OG, like, Dwayne kind of is set in his ways, and it's not like OG has to play a bazillion minutes, even if he's uh, starting. Like, he's not playing a ton of crunch time or anything like that. And Norm has not played well when given the opportunity, so I don't really know, like, how much you sort of throw him in there and say, all right, here's some rope, go work with it, when OG, like, maybe OG doesn't deserve to start anymore based on how he's played of late, but, like, I'm cool with it, I don't mind. Well, what do you think about that, the idea of putting in Norm just to get him some reps as a starter? Um, OG's been, uh, he you can definitely say he's hit the rookie wall in the last month or so, but I, I think it's way too far-fetched to just throw Norman Powell over him. Yeah. Uh, I guess uh, maybe if Norman Powell over the last few weeks has really been getting hot, but he's just been, I guess, average, you could say. Mm. Um, honestly, Norman Powell's gone to the point this season where I've totally forgot about him. <laughs> that's 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 how how much of a forgettable season the guy's having, uh, and it's kind of sad. But at the same time, it's it's something that there's still a, a big chunk of the season left, and then there's playoffs. So Norman still has a a ways to go. But um, I think OG's all the type of guy where he doesn't really need to fill up the box score to really have a game impact. Um, I think you saw that in the Milwaukee Bucks game not too long ago, where 
um, he was really ding up on on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, there were some plays where he was really uh, contesting every single shot. And Giannis is the type of guy where he's going to score on you regardless. But I think OG uh, just offers things uh, at the three position that Norman Powell doesn't, and I think he fits a lot better with the starting lineup. So uh, I don't see Powell starting over him anytime soon. Fair enough. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think. Uh, well, do you have any doubt that like a playoff series is going to come around and the matchup's going to be weird and Dwayne's going to throw in Norman Powell for like some minutes just to try to like reignite the magic from the past couple of playoffs and Norm's going to drop fifteen on like four of four shooting from a three. That could very well happen. (laughs) Honestly, Sean, I think Norm, I can see that happening. I I think he's due um, for whoever we face in the first round. I can just see it already that Norm is just going to explode in one or two games. But um, I think for now, he just has to focus on getting his confidence back. And it feels like I've been saying that for a couple months now. But um, I think keeping him on the bench with the the younger guys and letting him run out there is probably the best uh, option going forward for the Raptors. I kind of like the idea of Norm being like the spiritual opposite of Lowry and DeRozan in that he's like a playoff ringer who sucks in the regular season and just comes in and owns in the playoffs. I kind of like that. It's kind of fun. Just dominates in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like completely swings series single-handedly whenever he gets inserted into the lineup in the middle of a series. Uh, If that is all he's like cut out for on his next contract, I think it's worth it. (laughs) <laughs> I honestly think it's, it's it's worth it as well. Uh, yeah, he's on a what four year forty million, I believe. Yeah, something like that. He just yeah four years yeah, forty. Yeah, yeah. If you he know, gives honest, you, if he yeah. just comes in and just kicks ass in the playoffs for you for two rounds a season, then uh, I'm cool with it. Even if he averages like three points a game in the regular season, if he can be an amazing playoff player. This would be the strangest career arc of any player, the strangest sort of profile of any player, but damn it, it would be awesome. He's got like a regular season PER of like 7.3 and like a 20.5 in the in, in the playoffs or something like that. That's so weird, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'm rooting for the guy, man. I, I really thought this year would be the uh, kind of takeoff year as, as well as I assume everybody did, but um, I think he's due, man. I think Norman Powell's due for, a, for an explosion soon. The messed up thing is that the Raptors bench unit, I think they're at like a plus 49 net rating in February and like a plus 25 or almost 30 overall in the season. I haven't checked the numbers in the last little while, but I'm sure last night's game against the Pistons shot that right up again. Like the bench is so unbelievably ridiculous. And if you had told me at the start of the season that the Raptors bench was going to be the best in the league with like an unprecedented net rating for a second unit... Uh, that the Raptors weren't going to be staggering their stars and Kyle Lowry was going to play 32 minutes a game, and that Norman Powell was going to be the biggest bust out of all the young guys, I would have said, how's the 46-win season treating you? <laughs> like, this is, uh, yeah, it's wild, man. It's 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 cool. truly, truly wild. Shouts yeah. to DeLon and Fred and, and company for being so good. Shouts to the guys, man. To the guys. To the, to the mob. The mob. I, my uh, my favorite development is that C.J. Miles, his only word in, on social media now is just mob and different variations of the word mob. It's great. Uh, last question comes from Mike, a little Twitter DM. Uh, do you see the Raptors going to a starting lineup in the playoffs without JV? Of course, they did that last season in the middle of the Bucks series. Uh, carried that over to the Cavs as well, where Jonas was just kind of a bench dude to come in and score. Kind of like a non-shitty Al Jefferson, I guess. Um, do you see the Raptors going to that in the playoffs? I think it'll obviously depend on matchups and 
if they get like the Heat and Hassan Whiteside in the first round, then maybe not so much. But I feel like there are some matchups where that could potentially happen. What about you? Um, I don't see him. I don't see uh, Dwayne Casey completely removing him from the starting lineup. Really, in any situation, I can see a situation where he maybe starts the game and ends up playing seventeen or eighteen minutes, like you said, against a specific matchup. Um, but you know, I think JDB he's extended his range this season. Uh, his vision's gotten a lot better in this system. Uh, he's kind of learning uh, how to play with uh, Serge Ibaka a lot better. So I think there, there isn't really a situation where you can take him out of the starting lineup. But I will say that, again, if, if the matchup calls for it, uh, you, I wouldn't be surprised to see JV play 15 to 20 minutes, um, maybe in a specific playoff series. But honestly, JV's, we've been uh, kind of counting the guy out this year. He's, he's had a real season. So, oh, he's been awesome. Um, he's been but, so damn yeah, good. But he's been terrific this season. So uh, he's been hitting shots from the outside. He's been really doing everything he needs to do in the system. He's a pretty good paint, uh, paint protector. Um, but to answer the question, I, I, I don't see that happening. I don't. No. I do in certain matchups just because he, like, playoffs kind of become a, a, a battleground for teams sort of having their biggest weaknesses exposed and tested repeatedly. And as much as Jonas has been, you know, better as a rim protector this season, although, uh, like, his per 36 block numbers and things like that. I mean, the, the, the little data we have around it, like, it's all pretty much the same as it's always been. I just think they're playing a bit more of a conservative conservative scheme this season, and maybe having yeah. a Baca next to them helps that. And he's also playing 22 minutes, so maybe he's just being exposed less to uh, bad matchups because, you know, he's just having it dialed back a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I think in a playoff situation, a team could definitely kind of approach that and say, all right, this is the biggest weakness. We're going to try to put DeMar and JV into pick and rolls and see what comes out of that. And I imagine in a lot of situations, it will be points that come out of it for the opposing team. And yeah. if that becomes too much of a problem, then I, I could definitely see a switch coming. But especially I mean, since you have, like, a baked-in five with Serge Ibaka, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Raptors right now are the one seed. They're 0.5 currently ahead of the Celtics, a full set games ahead of the Cavs. Um, so Logic's probably going to tell you they're going to finish in the first or second seed. So you look at their potential matchups. You look at the Hornets. They have Dwight Howard at the 10th seed, who probably won't get the 8th seed, but uh, potentially. Dwight Howard's going to be there. JV will start against him. Mm-hmm. Against the Pistons, Andre Drummond, JV will start against him. The Heat, Hassan Whiteside, JV will probably start against him. And then you have the 76ers. Embiid. So, uh, just look at the potential matchups. I just don't see how JV doesn't start every game in the first round of a playoff series. Um, maybe I guess once once you get to that second round and you start facing the Bucks, where they have a lot of positional versatility, um, the Wizards as well. Gortat's been having a so-so season, so who knows what they'll do, um, or the Cavs or the Celtics or whatever it may be. But I think with that bottom half of the Eastern Conference uh, playoff picture, I think. I just don't see JV not starting um, yeah. against those teams. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the only teams I could really see that against would be the Pacers, maybe, if they go like Miles Turner at the five, and that kind of yeah. presents some issues. Also, I wouldn't count the Heat doing some weird stuff and just like yanking Whiteside out in a playoff series, like Spo just being like, yeah, this dude is not 
uh, like kind of a revert, like the the exact same thing that the Raptors did with Jonas last year. Like this guy is not conducive to winning, especially in a certain matchup or whatever. And maybe they just throw like Bam at center, and if that happens, then maybe that becomes a bit another concern, and maybe you have to revisit it. But yeah, it, I would agree. Unless the matchup dictates it, I think he'll get the chance to start immediately, and it, it won't be until a matchup dictates that a change is necessary until that that it happens. So. Definitely, uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, this was fun, man. We spent five minutes trying to remember, or I spent five minutes trying to remember uh, what an empanada was, even though uh, I do enjoy myself an empanada. As I said, <laughs> as I said, we're tired as hell. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that you could uh, decipher my, it starts with an A thing and actually come up with it. I appreciate that. That was very helpful. <laughs> Uh, it saved the podcast from going call complete. Them empanadas from now on. I'm going to call them empanadas. Yeah, yeah, empanadas. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call them from now on. Uh, is there a good empanada place around you? Um, I live in Richmond Hill, man, so there's really nothing good around me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a good place on, uh, I think, Western Road. Just south of Finch, I believe. I can't remember the damn name, but they have very good empanadas. You would see it if you drove by. I haven't sure. had an empanada since I think I was eight years old, and it was in Maryland, Virginia, at my aunt's house. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever had in my life, so I definitely need to get some. Uh, I think it's La Empanada Cafe, actually. No, that's in Woodbridge. I'm wrong. <laughs> I think it's called Delicious Empanadas. I think I found it. It's really good. You should go there. I'm going to search it up right now. Uh, no, it's not what it's called. Uh, we're going to end the podcast now, and then I'll look it up and, uh, and, and share with Sahal after I find it, um, because this is just terrible, terrible podcasting. Uh, Sahal, thanks for coming on, man. Do you have anything you'd like to plug before I let you go? Um, I've taken a little gap off of writing. I've been super, super, super busy with school and other life commitments, so uh, I will have some things out in the next couple of weeks at Raptors Republic. Other than that, just enjoy my tweets, enjoy my nonsense uh, on Twitter, uh, my cesspool that I can call my profile, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's about it. I had a couple banger tweets today, guys. Check that out. Go check yeah, his well. banger tweets. Uh, I have also not been really writing very much lately because uh, I don't know. I don't know what the hell to write. I have no ideas. Basketball has been very... Uh, like. There's so much good basketball writing that I, I have a hard time coming up with stuff to write because it's like, oh, that's going to be worse than some of the other stuff that's been written. And also, uh, I'm working on some other stuff. I'm uh, not ready to announce it yet, but got a little project I'm working on with a friend of mine that's not basketball related that I'm very excited about. So stay tuned for that in the coming weeks or months. I'm not sure when we'll get her off of our asses and actually launch it, but it should be actually in the next couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. Uh, if you are in the Hamilton, Burlington, somewhere west of, west of Toronto area, uh, tomorrow night, women's basketball at McMaster. It's the semifinals of the OUA. I uh, do the PA for the games there, and it's very fun, and you should come out. It's going to be a great game. I think they're playing uh, Windsor, which should be a pretty good game and uh if they win they go to the oua final which should be a really great time so make sure you come out if you want to come and watch mcmaster basketball it's like five bucks for a ticket it's good times and the women's team is excellent so uh hope to see you there if not uh you're dead to me all right man <laughs> thanks a lot this was a very good time uh we will talk uh soon i'm sure and uh have a good one buddy hey prime members 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.